But we all face things that we make excuse for, for why we don't do what we do. <clears throat> Yesterday morning, I touched on this uh, particular topic, if you will, about being reluctant. And the reason we are reluctant is there's so many reasons why we're reluctant to commit to things, reluctant to get involved, reluctant to, to uh, uh, start something new or, or have an idea or express our idea. We're always reluctant to do certain things. <clears throat> reluctant means a feeling or showing aversion, hesitation, unwillingness. I remember, uh, how many of you ever been embarrassed to ask somebody on a date? Have ever been weird like that? I went to my wife, I remember years ago, this is a phrase that you'll never forget. If you want them to marry you, say this to them, and they'll always do it. It's our first date. You think I get tongue twisted now? I said, I was curious to know. If you'd like to go out with me, are you kidding? Curious to know. In other words, it doesn't matter. Okay. Unwillingness, she had a hesitation, she had a willingness. I also remember the first time I told her I loved her. It was back behind her, behind her uh, dorm there, Horton Hall, and was sitting in my chair. We just came in, we'd have been out to eat or something, and was sitting, not my chair, my car, was sitting in my car, and I looked over at her, and my most romantic look I could give. <laughs> hey, you guys know what I'm talking about. I went, I love you. She went, Give me a smile. Needs to say my, uh, it's the truth. Don't deny it. Oh, you're saying thank you now? Okay. Um, there's a, let me get my thoughts back. But she wanted to wait till she had said it too. She didn't want to just respond. So anyway, that's what she said uh, later. Okay. Let someone else do it. That's many times the example that we say, let someone else do it. I'm not worthy to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't have the time to do it. We hear so many people make excuses about time. And when he was, he said about the time on here, but we all have the same amount of time. You either need to get up earlier. We'll just leave that one alone. We all have the same amount of time. It's just how we dictate it. And there was a man in the Old Testament, I'm going to, Go to him in just a little bit, and there's a few other places we're going to end with Jesus and what Jesus had to do with, with being reluctant. But in Exodus chapter, chapter 3, there's a man by the name of Moses, and, and he was a unique guy, and he was a, he was a wanted felon. He was in his own country back in Egypt where he was raised and where he was born. He was a convicted felon. He had been, uh, he wasn't convicted, but he was a felon. He had been known to murder a guy and he took off his running and he went across the desert into Midian. And he wasn't feeling worthy of all this attention he was suddenly getting from God. In chapter 3 and verse 11, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Let me stop here. His first his first problem was, he said, who am I? And his first problem that many of us have, the first thing that we often say is, who am I? Because we see all of the inadequacies and all the, 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 the diverse problems that we have or, or the little hangups that we have. But the Lord was speaking to him and said, I've called you. And he was thinking about, his mind was racing back to the time and all the failures that he had and what people was going to think. And, and all the Israelites knew him and some of the uh, Pharaoh uh, the Egyptians knew him as well because they were looking for him. 
Verse 11. Verse 13. <clears throat> and, Moses, and Moses said unto God, Behold, when I, came, when I come to the children of Israel and say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, what shall they say, what shall they say to me? What is his name? And what shall I say to them? Can you see here what he's doing? He's beginning to, to build up his, his case about why it shouldn't be him and, and why it should be somebody else and, and how all the responsibility is going to come upon him. And do you in your life, in my life, and on all of us, we begin to build a case for why we don't do what we should do because we're afraid, we're intimidated. Something that we go into is in the unknown and, and it's just, it seems like it's too big for us. It seems too insurmountable. You remember Moses was back in Egypt. He was raised there at his young adulthood and, and he was he seen the bondage that was there and the, and the problems that the Israelites had and, and all these things. And how could he, a meager guy, go and, sit, go and speak to them and that, that they would be delivered out of that? Let's go to verse chapter 4 and verse 1. But Mo, Moses answered and said, Behold, will not, they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice. For they shall say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Has anybody ever, do y'all remember my story about how I went to college? I know I'm not gonna tell it again. But every time that I, I started planning on going to, I went to one, college, one university in Kentucky for one year and not, didn't do very well. And, and I set out about a year and, and I put into going, I started feeling led to go back and, and I put some fleeces before the Lord. Why did I put fleeces? Because I didn't feel like I could go to that place. Going to CBC, going to a Bible college, me and, and, and all of my inadequacies and all the, the failures I had had, how I, I I don't want to go there. I, I can't go there, God. You got the wrong person. So I put a fleece out before him, and he would answer it. Then I had another problem. Remember that girl I dated back that time? Her name was Tammy. We've been together about off and on for about three years. And, and you know, I, I'm going to go tell her. So I'll never forget the, the last time that I put a fleece before the Lord. I had to, I've told you this before, but there would have to be a deaf person be there at our station the next morning as soon as I got there. I, I made details. I, I went to details what I expected from God and, and how I couldn't avoid it anymore. I knew I would know without a shadow of a doubt. <clears throat> and that morning when I got to our service station in front of the gas station, in front of the parts store at the Pepsi machine, there was two deaf guys there putting money in. And that's all they did. Got the soda. And then went on. And I sat there in my car. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe that God could work out the details. He knew I was going to ask before I asked it. And he would bring two guys there. And they didn't know what they were, they were assigned to me. But it was something instrumental in my life to show me, to project me from being ordinary to, to being something else. Being something that's available. It went like with my wife. I was taking a chance at uh, telling her I loved her or asking her. Uh, I was curious to know if you'd like to go out. It was, it was a confirmation. And somebody was doing it to me. And he was speaking to me directly about, about my decision to be made. In Moses' life, everything he had done had been a question. And he kept looking for reasons why to excuse himself out, out of it. And he said, oh, my, oh Lord... Send, I pray thee, by the hand of him, by the hand of him whom, whom thou wast sent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses 
and said, It's not Aaron thy Levite, the brother. I know that he can speak well. Behold, he cometh to meet thee, and with, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And I'm going to stop there. Of all the things that he tried to find a reason not to go, he kept confirming. God kept confirming and kept speaking to his heart. He, had, he was a wanted man. He was, uh, he was perfectly content on the, on the other side of the desert. He was perfectly content to say and just do what he had done. Are you perfectly content to do what you've always done? And you may say, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But if God is speaking to you directly and he's been talking to you and he's telling you to step out and believe and to do some things that you've never done before, you've got to put all the excuses from the past exactly where they are. And surely God would find someone more qualified. Can't happen. Can't make any excuses of all his shortcomings. And it boiled down to this. It wasn't in his plan to go lead a group of people. You think you can't speak, you think you can't teach. The reason you can't teach and the reason you can't preach many times is because you don't sit down, sit down and spend the time alone and get alone and let God speak to your heart and prepare the message and prepare the history and prepare the, the scripture in, in your mind and, and the message that you prepare. I wish, it was, I wish it was supernatural. I wish God would just speak through a... a, a a lot of foghorn, so I couldn't deny it, just like he did that morning in Kentucky, is to speak to me directly every message I ever prepared, and I would always know exactly right where to go. But he doesn't. And that is very frustrating when you're trying to always prepare for, for what, he, what you feel like he's given you to speak. So we neglect to assume the responsibilities, hoping that somebody else would do it. This is what I said yesterday. Moses was reluctant to lead. Reluctant to, hesitant, thinking somebody else could do it. And some of you are reluctant to pray. And some of you are reluctant to do anything on behalf, listen, it is key and it is paramount in our family that somebody steps up and is in, interceding and praying and spending time before the Lord, to spend time to know him and to know what his direction in their life is. Moses had a huge responsibility and millions of people depended on him, but he wanted to reject it. He wanted to, to hesitate, to be reluctant. And also it's, I'll just go to church and, and fill my spot. And there's nothing, man, I'm tickled that everybody's here. But there's so much more to this relationship with the Lord than that. I think that after Moses got started, it became a natural. I think he went before Pharaoh with, with boldness. And you know, he, had a, he had a staff with, us, with him. And he threw the staff down and it became a serpent. And then the wise men, or the wise men of that country that came, and they likewise threw their, their staffs down, and they became snakes. Except there was one distinct difference. What was it? That's exactly right. Moses, the snake, 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 devour all of their snakes. What else happened to Moses? Well, God was speaking to him. He said, Moses, take your staff. 
He told him a variety of things. He told him to turn into a snake, pick it up by the tail. He told him to put his hand in his bosom, take it out of his lepers, and put it back in his house. The Lord was confirming little things. And don't, don't take for granted those little things that you hear that they're not confirmations. Being led of, of the Holy Spirit and, and know what he's saying to you. If it's in your mind and he's birthed it there, let it begin to develop. A lot of people never develop anything that, that God begins to birth in their spirit. You've got you to take time to let it grow. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the, belly, in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee to be a prophet unto the nations. When was there a plan in Jeremiah's life? From the very beginning. From the very beginning. And sometimes we feel inadequate. We think, well, I don't see how I could, he could speak. He could know me before I even was born. Then he said, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. I am a child. And the Lord said unto me, said unto me Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go unto all that I, I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee to speak. Be not afraid of their faces, or of what I have, of the faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put words in thy mouth. And I began to think about, about him as a young boy, maybe a teenager, and he felt inadequate. And you've got to remember at this time that age, age was credibility about everything. If you weren't a certain age, you weren't very credible. And, and there was, there's all these little stigmas that, that people thought about. But there's one thing about him, even at this age, at a young person's age, he listened to the voice of God. And how important is that in each of our lives that we listen? He was young. He was intimidated. He felt his age made him unworthy. What makes you feel unworthy? What makes you feel unworthy? Because that bad thought you had this week, because you told somebody off, because they can't drive, you told them off. Somebody got the cart you was going to use in, in possibly at Walmart. You told them what you thought of it. Or maybe it's the way, you, as a husband or wife, you talk to each other, and you played it down, and you, and you talk bad about it to each other. Matthew chapter 1. We're in the Christmas season and things are beginning to really wrap up around about Christmas. We'll talk about Joseph. Chapter 1, verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. 
And he went, and he, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, which is conceived of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to stop here for just a minute. Could you imagine how hard of a decision this was to make? He was in a, a very rough spot. How many, you know, he wanted to believe her. He wanted to believe that she was, that she was, telling the truth, but there was a little bit of what in the back of his mind. And that doubt was the thing that was dictating his life at this time. He thought so much of her, he wasn't going to make her a public excuse, and he moved her away to, to kind of take the, the, the sting of, of reveal, revealing he wasn't going to marry her and she'd be with the child. What a guy. The woman he chose... He was determined to do right even though he could have, could have had her make, made her an open example. He, get, he became the divine leader. And that's what I want to say about this. He became the divine leader in his family. Let's read on. But while he thought these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in him a dream, saying, son, son of David, fear not to take thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is, is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall deliver his people from their sins. Now, from all, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall, bring forth, shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call, it, shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord bid him, bid him and took, him, took her as his wife. Sometimes this scenario here, sometimes it, it puts us, it projects us into a, a position that we don't have. That many times we want to have that position, but when it finally comes down, the push comes to shove, he makes the right one. Now you as a parent and, and you as a dad, especially, you're reluctant to do a lot of things. But there's one thing you're being compelled throughout this message, and, and I, I pray in your heart that you are compelled, compelled to be the man you're supposed to be. To endure what you're supposed to endure. To live an example you're supposed to live. Go to chapter 2, verse 13. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled. I'll stop there. How important is it that you as a father are making the right decisions? It's not always easy as a, as a man to make the right ones because we don't think, maybe we don't think that our decisions are really that important, but are they? If Jesus had not made the right decisions had not made the right decision to take his child and go to Egypt, and if he had not made the right decision to stay with Mary, these are all hypotheticals until it comes, becomes a reality. He could have said, but this, but that. As we've seen, the little comical thing I showed in the beginning of the video of everything is a but. What's accommodating to me?
how important it is that we take the responsibility seriously. We don't value our leadership. We won't walk after, we won't value our decisions. Last place I'm going to go was in Matthew chapter 26 in just a second. You don't have to agree with decisions of, of all the leadership. But if they've proven themselves over time, you, you'll be the right kind of father. You'll be the right kind of dad. You'll be the right kind of mother. Y'all can come back when you, can, when you came there, guys. Matthew 26. Verse 39. And he went a little farther and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, Oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not, not as I will, but as thou. And he cometh unto his disciples, he findeth them asleep and he said unto Peter, Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not to temptation. Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Went away the second time and prayed, and this time a second time, second time, and saying, Oh, Father, if, the, if not, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink, drink it, thy will be done. And he came again and found them asleep, for their eyes were heavy. If, if there was ever a pivotal time in the life of Christ, it wasn't about changing the water and the wine. It wasn't about healing the blind man's eyes. It wasn't about the woman who touched him with the issue of the blood. It wasn't about the, the guy at the pool with Ezra. And he, he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. It wasn't, it wasn't about all these things. It wasn't about the, the feeding the, the 10,000 or 4,000 or for whatever the dynamics were. It wasn't about that anymore. At this point, it was about him making a decision to follow through with what he's supposed to follow through with. And very few, very few people sometimes have the ability to follow through and, and continue on what they're supposed to call, what they're supposed to carry on. But I'm glad he did. God, God calls people of character convictions and commitment. God calls people at character, convictions, and commitment. Three things. Because if we got those three things, everything else will kind of trickle down from there. But if we have character, we have commitment, we have convictions, you don't have to worry a whole lot about the decisions a person like that makes. willing to step up and be counted worthy. No excuses. We are all given the power to make a difference as we become willing. We're at Christmas, and it's all about, if you watch Hallmark Channel, every story ends perfect, and, and every relationship is, is about happiness and joy and, and that is a reality but everything surrounding Christmas we look for the good anticipate good 
Time with family, which is most important. A whole lot more important than receiving a gift. But if there is, nobody just listen to me on this last point. If there's every, anything you can, can, you can, can ever give your, your family, if there's anything you could ever give your family, it's the gift of character, great conviction. What was the other one? A commitment. Three things. Maybe you're used to getting all excited and maybe doing, saying something and, and being good for about three months or two months or whatever it is. I may mention earlier about some guys and some gals that are slipping up and some things and it grieves me and makes my heart heavy. Heavy, heavy. What are we feeling at in church? We can have great worship and, and speak the word, but if it doesn't get to a heart of conviction, a heart of character, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. Think that matters the most. Are the three C's. Would you bow your heads with me?